TV, radio, billboards are all shiny objects. But do they really work? On today's episode, Grace and I embark on a journey to uncover which traditional marketing strategies work and which have reached their expiration date. I'm Leah Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media, and this is In Camera, where we hold legal marketing strategists accountable. And welcome back to In Camera, private legal marketing conversations. I'm joined here by Grace. Grace, how are you today? Hi, Liel. I'm fine. How are you today? I'm doing great, Grace. Thank you very much for asking. And I'm very excited to start our second episode in, uh, on a topic that I think uh, it's extremely interesting, uh, somewhat controversial. And I'm really looking forward to um, to hear your opinion and ideas. And most important, what are the takeaways that um, our listeners can can get from uh, the conversation we're going to have here today about traditional media channels, right? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. So traditional marketing, and so what's uh, well, what was formerly known as marketing uh, 20, 30 years ago, that was the only way of doing marketing. And nowadays that we live in a digital era, we refer to it more so as the traditional marketing ways. And so what what do we, what, what are we referring to when we're saying traditional marketing, Grace? So us specifically, I mean, and most people, I think, define traditional media channels or traditional marketing as what we see on TV, right? Commercials and the standard TV. I'm talking about your actual cable box, uh, not streaming. We'll get into that later. Uh, radio, um, you know, actual FM radio channels, possibly even AM, which I don't think too many listen to that. But again, we'll talk about that later. And even experiences I've had with the AM stations. So we'll talk about that again later. And uh, billboards uh, and print. I think those are the topics that we'll discuss between us. I've always been intrigued about um, traditional marketing. I've always been intrigued about how efficient running campaigns on TV uh, is as a strategy, how efficient is having billboards scattered across the city, and how many billboards do you actually need to really make that strategy efficient? And really, what's the return on investment on a radio strategy? So all of those are topics that we're going to uh, uh, dive into, and so let's 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 get us started, right? Let's let's talk about the biggest uh, and most meaningful of uh, of uh, of strategies. Probably, it was the holy grail of uh, advertising back in the day, and it was getting yourself on TV, right? Yes, being on TV, which um, back in the very very early days. It was, it was also kind of like frowned upon in the legal world. Like, how, who do you think you are to go and put yourself on TV? And then it was just regarded as a, that's a clever move. Why, why wouldn't you do that, right? Because it worked. But what's happening now? Like, can you still get results from putting yourself as a law firm in TV? Right. It's so, 
I guess that's a loaded question, right? Because it is. You I know, mean, TV is <laughs> that's such what a, I do. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for lobbing that at me, Liel. No, that's great. I'm glad you did. So, you know, looking at the traditional marketing mix for a firm, just as a whole, you always need to do what makes sense, right? But even in what makes sense, you need to be multi-channel. And that's something that I think you and I talk about constantly, right, Liel? Yes, yes, yes. Um, put your money where it needs to be when where it makes sense. And so let's discuss specifically TV as Liel's asking me. You know, I think there are things that we want to know, right? Does it work? Doesn't work? Do you need to pay your money? What if you can't afford it? You know, there's certain expectations that you have when you put money into TV. However, there's a lot more to look at and a lot more to think about. So I'll give you an example. Most recently, we actually put some commercials out for uh, mass torts and Roundup, and we did them in Spanish. Um, and we did do TV commercials. However, with the expectation and understanding that depending on where we put it, meaning TV has basically two different types of commercials. You could put commercials in the uh, traditional channels that that's going to be expensive, meaning regular channels that everybody sees, let's say CBS, NBC, et cetera, et cetera. Um, even shows like Judge Judy, right? We all know about Judge Judy. We and know about Judge Judy. That's we right. Her. We love Judge Judy. So yes. that's where you put your commercials, right? Because people are watching Judge Judy. So that's where you put your commercials and that's where it's the most expensive. So what happens with that, a lot of times you'll end up getting your commercials placed in slots that aren't taken up. What are those? Two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning slots. So you need to really think about your expectations. Where you're Grace, I, I, I love where you're, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm stopping you there because you're, you're getting into something so important, right? Yes. So, so important. So it's not just about getting on TV, it's how you get to TV and how you're strategizing your 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 uh, uh, campaigns on TV, right? And so um, there's two there's two tangents here that you can take. You can either go and call networks and negotiate with them yourself, right? If you know what you're doing, but the other route is to actually hire a media buyer that can negotiate and broke deals on your behalf and get you to show on the right uh, uh, at the right times for the right on the right networks that you actually care for, and so that's already a big differentiation, right? Like that's you right. can you can you can approach it and and by just trying to doing it and sorting it out yourself at a cost of, of potentially missing out on important uh, elements in the strategy and not necessarily seeing your results or hiring a professional um, to do it for you. Now, let's suppose that we're going to take down the route of, I want to do it myself. Why do I need to, you know, I'm, I'm paying so many people to do things around me. I don't want to pay another person to do TV to to manage my TV advertising, right? I had to already uh, uh, pay for the for the content to, to shoot a commercial, uh, edit it, and so I'm done with it. I want to now uh, uh, just take it to the networks and get it on these shows because I know it's gonna work. Are there any considerations that our listeners should have about taking that approach? Yeah, so um, I'm gonna talk about again 
um, from the internal side, inter- internal side, right? From my point of view, and I know you as an agency has a, a almost a different kind of point of view um, or perspective, even and ideas. So, as an internal person, um, you have to look at the time value of money and the cost benefit. So, is it worth it for you to do that? It might be. If it is worth it for you to go down that route, as Liel is mentioning to us here then go down that route. But there's a couple considerations that you need to think about. What about the advertising fee? So there's an ad spend that they charge you for basically managing the account. So there will be additional costs that you may not have thought of in your strategy because you didn't know or you weren't aware of those as a non-advertising company. So that's that's a huge consideration, you know, the return on investment and thinking about specifically where your ads are going to be, what networks, you know, if are you going to have a, a digital component to it or not. So as a TV advertiser, you need to diversify. You need to think about the different channels that you might be on. And if you're going to be doing it on your own, you really have to have it not just simply defined. You need to have it extremely defined how you're going to do it, how it's going to be targeted, how you're going to get your return on investment and the time value of your mo- of of your mo- of the money being spent in your time. So, you really need to think about all those different levels. Liel, I know that you can speak probably better on this in terms of an advertising company uh, for a media agency. So, I want you to can you discuss that just a little bit because you have a better idea than I do on media buying. There's a few things here, and thank you very much for acknowledging that experience that we have. So there's a, so there's a few things you want to keep in mind. And so those are, how are you buying for the media? Are you buying the spot, like the actual spot, or you're buying the impression, uh, which most commonly is known as cost, cost per thousand? Liel, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but can you explain that just a little bit? Uh, cost per impressions on TV, because I know some of us understand that when it comes to digital, but maybe not so much for TV. Right. In terms. So, so basically cost per a thousand across all marketing channels, that's basically how you measure your, your impressions. So if you want to compare, for instance, uh, how much it, it costs you on digital to reach a thousand impressions against how much it costs you uh, on TV, you would basically calculate it using this metric of understanding what was the investment you had to put up front to get in front of a thousand, uh, uh, to get a thousand views. The other thing um, worth mentioning here, and, and I think here is an area where sometimes when when you're um, kind of like take a hands-off approach on your media buying, and you're not necessarily working with someone that, that, that sees you as a big account or as a or, or as a major part of their business may end up being in a situation where, where your ads are not getting uh, played in either uh, the time slots that matter to you or even if they get played at the at time slots that matter to you uh, during shows that are, um, are are of importance to your audience, they're actually not get played at positions during the ad break that are likely to have greater impact, which tends to always be the first the first spot right when they cut to commercials and the last spot before they go back into the show. And so 
those are the things that right. you want to keep in mind, right? It's not just about having your ad on TV. It's when it's it's actually showing. And another thing that you also want to keep in mind is, are there competitors showing ads during that same spot? And if they're not showing on that same spot, well, will they be showing within uh, 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 that same uh, hour or half an hour uh, long uh, show that you're running your ads? And so while you cannot uh, 100% control that, you want to be strategic about it. And right. and one thing that I've seen, like I was just last month uh, in Colorado meeting with a, 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 pros, a prospect client and I was uh, in the hotel having breakfast in the morning and I was seeing their TV ad, how it got sandwiched in between two ads from competitors. And Ooh, bad. very bad, right? Very, bad, very, bad. very, very Oof. bad. And so uh, that's the result of uh, lousy media buying. Right. Yeah. And uh, those are the kind of things that we should be paying attention to so that we ensure that we are not ending up in that in that in that position. And those things can be negotiated. And um, uh, um, whether you're dealing directly with a network or with an agency, you have to put pressure on them. You have to put pressure on them. You cannot just let them do what they want. If they see an opportunity, they'll just they'll just squeeze you in a way that it'll work for them. They just need to make things work and they'll and they'll try to find the weakest link that they can shape to the form that fits their needs the best. And they'll yeah, and they'll, they'll slot you and in. they'll squeeze you right in. Yeah, correct. As opposed yeah. to us adapting others so your needs are met. And so that's the one thing that we that we really have to keep uh in mind, particularly when you are going through the through the lens of investing in TV, particularly if you're signing long-term contracts with the networks. Oof. Yeah, that can be extremely expensive and give you absolutely no ROI. So I, exactly what you're talking about, Leah, I hate to beat this to death, but this is such an important point in terms of the competitors. I saw a commercial just yesterday, right after um, some controversial show. Well, let's say Moonshiners, right? That's essentially an illegal, <laughs> an illegal thing. Um, so if you want to be on the commercials after Moonshiners, Let's hope that you are a criminal attorney. So, you know, or something of that nature that, you know, actually makes sense to be on a commercial after that show. So that's something that I saw yesterday. But the other day I saw three, like you just said, sandwiched, where it was ad of a, an attorney, another attorney, and a third attorney. And they were all the same thing. They looked the same, almost the same kind of ad, the same look and feel. So I don't know if they... They were all from the same location, the same advertiser or or what, but they all got sandwiched in at the same time, one after another. And that was terrible to see because they spent a lot of money to be on primetime TV to get sandwiched between multiple law firms. Yeah, it's not a great, it's it's not a great thing, right? And so you you want to try to prevent and avoid and strategize in a way that they'll be seen. You can capture as much actual views from from the people who are who are tuning into the shows and and therefore having the greater impact in your overall uh, marketing strategy. Here's another thing also to keep in mind, right? Particularly because we're now talking about if, if you're going to be buying directly from the network. One thing that I've noticed lately is that uh, networks are also selling digital packages in a way that, hey, you know, we can also get you to show your banners or uh, pre-rolls or that sort of thing in our, uh, you know, app. 
And so for anyone who's using their mobile phone to stream a show or to watch a clip or to listen to something on our app, we can get you to show your banners and your ads there. And so my advice for people who are getting pitched for those packages is don't buy it. That was going to be my question, Leo, because, you know, with all this combo proposals that they get, you know, I've gotten those, you know, even for radio, as an example, they gave me radio and digital. Don't buy it. You want to, you want (laughs) to. I did you it. Want to, and did it work? No, I oh, did okay. not. I did not buy it. So I good because I thought the same thing. I'm like, why am I going to spend money in an additional package when I'm already doing display network? And you have more control over it. And if you want to show pre rolls and bumper ads, just go and do it in YouTube. Go and do it in Facebook. Go and do it in networks where you really have tons of people watching. Go, yeah. go where the people are. Yeah. Go where the people Nobody's are. Nobody's using network apps to stream and watch or anything. And if they're doing it, no. it's, it's 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 a really, 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 really fraction of the market who's doing it. So uh, it's really, really not worth your money. And even, even you know, like it's funny to say, but for instance, uh, you know that we specialize in uh, Hispanic marketing. So for instance, Telemundo is part of the Google Partners Network. So you can get yourself in some of their platforms through the display network of Google, right? That's and great. so there, yeah, and you can and you can actually build a campaign that allows you to specifically target at Telemundo pages. And so uh, that's the reason that uh, you should really, you know, know very well what to buy from, from whom. And so one thing is networks, do the TV part if that's what you're interested in. Don't do their digital packages. They tend not to work. So, Liel, um, regarding that, so guys, just so you know what Liel's saying, and I agree completely having done it both ways where I did buy the digital package and where I didn't. And I didn't the second time because the first time I realized it was crazy and didn't make sense, right? So um, in, in keeping with what you're saying, I heard something about being able to like launch your own advertising company to get some kind of an agency discount or something like that. Can you tell me just a little bit more about that? Um, I don't have the bandwidth in terms of, you know, individuals or staff to be able to create that, but maybe some others do, or maybe it just makes sense anyway. Can you explain that just a little bit to me? Um, so, so, so yeah, of course. And, and you, you don't really need that much of a bandwidth, uh, Grace, but the the point is that if, if you're actually gonna commit to, to do TV advertising for a year, just create your own advertising company, like literally just, and even if you are the only client of that advertising company, right, uh, you introduce yourself to the network as an advertising company and I happen to be my client and you get a 15% discount on your ad buy. Why? Because you're uh, buying as an agency and so therefore you're getting a 15% 15 cut on uh, the actual retail price. And so you're just paying the 85% presuming that the 15% gets to you. So basically because it gets to you, you're not actually paying it. And so that's why a lot of, uh, uh, you see a lot of law firms now that do the media buying for other law firms and so forth and so on is because they've cut these deals and they have them already going on. And so it just makes sense for them to be media buyers for others, right? And it's not for everyone, right? You may, right. as you very, as you very likely, uh, rightly said, you know, all of these take, things take, take take some time and take some planning. And so, if that time and planning is not like 
if it doesn't balance off, if the amount of if that fifteen percent that you're going to be spending, uh, is not necessarily going to offset um, the the overhead the hassle, or anything, yeah, the hassle of yeah. putting this together, then you may not want to do it. But if you are if you're heavily uh, buying in TV, two things: you probably already knew what we were telling you mm-hmm. now. If not, you're probably going to consider some sort yeah. of arrangement like this. And I, and I know because we've had that going on for a client of ours, and it just uh, it's you know it it led to to a ton of savings. Well, exactly. So that's why I asked that because you know there may be some who I'll give you an example, right? That in mass torts, this is a huge deal, right? So uh, Roundup is coming up. Um, let's say Roundup gets settled in the next few months. Uh, well, they're going to have a huge windfall. So they may want to actually put a plan together that's going to go towards TV advertising for their possibly their PI or a new tour or something, right? Where it makes sense for them to create this agency now because it's going to, the time value of money makes sense for them and the 15% makes a big difference. Um, so that's why I say, I, I agree with you that it may not be in your bandwidth, but it also may not be, if you were big enough, you should know about it already. But sometimes you're not that big. You get the big case, that big case hits your firm. Now, what are you going to do with that money? Well, you know, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax person, but you could take that money and spend it on advertising rather than pay taxes on it. So this is, again, I'm not a CPA, not a tax accountant. That's just another thought. <laughs> Ta- tax advice with Grace Montalegre. I'm looking forward <laughs> for that podcast, Grace. I unfortunately I won't be able to be your host there, but I will definitely be a, lis- uh, a listener because because I need some of that. <laughs> so um, yes, yes, Grace. I mean, I I, I think you're you're touching on, um, on on interesting ideas and valid points. And so one more thing, because you know we've just spent so much time talking about TV, but we've talked about TV in the shape and form that we always known it we're not we haven't really really put a lot of attention into talking about um over the top services such as uh, uh hulu sling and the, and the opportunity that they bring to the table when it comes down to advertising kind of like combining the best of both worlds right which is uh all the advantages of uh of that the digital, digital and hyper in the hyper segmentation capabilities that it has and uh uh, uh the benefits of you know just Getting your ad on the bit, yeah, on on, yeah. on on the big screen where a lot of attention goes. Uh, that's probably gonna be a topic of it, of its own. It's not that we did not want to talk about it, or we don't think that it's important. We think that it's extremely important. But for the sake of right. this purpose, when we said traditional, we really, really meant like the most traditional TV, which is like your local and cable networks. And we're not talking about streaming services. Yeah, we're not. Ta- <laughs> we're not talking streaming. We're not talking about all that good stuff, right? Right. Okay, good. So now moving on to another topic. Let's talk about radio. What about radios? So those radio work? Oh, radio, radio. So radio can work for different industries. I personally don't feel like, personally because of actual experience having put certain things on radio and radio alone. Okay, so I'm not talking about a a multi-channel um, idea where it's TV, radio, billboard, print, et cetera, et cetera, all the traditional channels plus your digital channels. That will work, of course, because if you have a, a multi-channel program, then it should work, of course. But I'm talking about radio in and of itself, radio by itself, or radio alone. If you do that 
on and alone. I personally don't feel like it works. It hasn't worked for me. It hasn't worked for the firm radio by itself, unless it has to do with, let's say, a special event or something that you're jumping on, something that makes sense. But let me talk to Liel a little bit more about that because I know that he has some ideas specifically about, you know, let's say the audience reports and kind of how you would get into radio, if it makes sense. Yeah. And so it's kind of like the same strategy than with the TV in the sense that you really need to bring down the neck of your account executive in the sense that you want to ask reports, you want to understand who's listening to what, in which places, who's the audience, who are the demographics, and to think that they know that they that they don't know that or that you know better yes. is probably one of the worst mistakes that you can make. Nielsen doesn't make mistakes, and and they have access to all of these data and reports. So you definitely want that. You definitely want to see that information so you can make the best decisions. Otherwise, it's really like playing the lottery. So you should know already who do you want to target, and so with the help of your account executive, what you're trying to do is to find out at what times those people are listening and to what shows and which days of the week and uh, try to get yourself during those times and test and see are actually getting calls when your ads are playing. You're building a brand at the same time, but you also want to see if if there is actually calls to action taken when your ads are playing. So uh, there's a few things here that you can do to to test your market and see whether uh, you're actually talking to the right audience. But at the end of the day, Grace, I'm going to have to agree with you that I feel that radio is no longer a platform one should uh, see as a priority. I mean, look at us. We're on a podcast. This is not on a traditional media. This is There's no way. This is not going to go on radio. So I just think about myself and my Unfortunately own Unfortunately not. I know. I mean, hey, <laughs> hopefully, possibly, and potentially we get invited to a radio that's like Clear Channel or something big like that. But, you know, we'll, we'll discuss that another day <laughs> when we make it big, Leo. Um, but radio specifically and radio on the traditional FM channels, in this sense and alone, it doesn't work. Uh, you can't do it standalone. You definitely cannot do it standalone. Like I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, but – Possibly, again, if there's an event or something that you know your your market is there and you're doing it together with TV, uh, billboard, print, and and they're used to seeing you, just know in your head or in the back of your mind that at some point it probably is going to fall off, if not be in a, get to a point where it just doesn't make sense at all to do it. Here is why, and I think like going and tying this all back to, to, to your initial message, Grace, uh, when we started the conversation and it's like, you know, marketing does have to be uh, omnichannel, right? As much as you can, as much as you can afford, as much as you can make yourself visible and heard across several platforms, the more top of mind you're going to be to your to your market, to your audience. Now, I, I do think that... If you have a strong presence in radio, that will in some in some shape or form help you convert more to digital platforms, right? Right. Because when people will come across your brand, uh, whether it's through Facebook or whether it's through searching for you on Google, they'll recognize something about it from what they've heard on the radio, maybe. Okay. And so that's where I definitely think that, you know, 
does radio support other marketing efforts? Right. Does it reinforce it? Does it enhance the impact? Yes, it does. But as as like, is it sustainable as a standalone? I just don't have the data to say that it is. And I'm going to tell you something here. Last year, we ran a campaign with Pandora. Now we're talking digital radio for a client. And it just didn't, it just did not generate results right now. The, the, the client was very, very adamant that they wanted it to try it. Mm. And so we, we went in as an experiment, created uh, really amazing uh, uh, spots, uh, very engaging. And so um, we just did not see results come out of, of that within the three to six months period of time that we actually run those spots. For that reason alone, and like looking at the cost of doing it. Mm. I was going to ask you. Ooh, that sounds expensive. <laughs> and the and the and the likely uh, results that you can get out of it, it's not worth it. No. Now, could could what some of those listeners that listened to the spot a year ago, later down the road, six or eight months or or twelve months later, called the client and use their services? Maybe they did. But at the end of the day, not having a real way to quantify and measure results for something that is as expensive as uh, as radio is, it, it was just like there's better places where we can put and make use of that uh, of that available budget. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Well, if you're doing any of it, right, and the only way because it's very not measurable, right? I mean, we keep saying that how how hard it is to measure. Um, you have to have a tracking phone number. You'll have to have a special landing page for each of the different channels so that at the very least, you can attempt to try and track it. So I'll, I'll give you an example of a, a Atlanta personal injury attorney. Um, so I've been marketing for lawyers for over 20 years, um, not specifically personal injury, but import export law and some other laws out there, um, other types of attorneys. But in marketing for these attorneys and a most recent one um, that I know of, the Atlanta personal injury attorney um, it's a female attorney in Atlanta, and she runs billboards, um, radio, and commercials, but on the streaming services. And why does she specifically do that? It's because she has she targets trucking, trucking accidents, truckers. What do truckers do? They see billboards, they listen to radio, and most of them actually still listen to some regular stations. So for that particular instance, and again, she's doing multi-channel. It's not one specific channel, right? In that specific instance, it worked. But why? Because she's putting them all together. She's targeting a specific practice area that still listens to regular and some traditional radio and sees billboards because that's part of their job, right? Again, has to be multi-channel, have to combine all of them. And it's still not streaming radio, Pandora yeah. or Spotify or any of those. Yeah, no, I actually, Grace, love, 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 love what you're what you're saying here, because it's really thinking about, you know, which platforms is your audience interacting with, and be present on those so they can actually touch your brand multiple times throughout their day, throughout their week, and you become synonymous of whatever it is that you do for them. And so, you know, they're not actively seeking for the kind of help or representation that you can provide them as, a, as an attorney at this point, but they don't need it. 
you're going to be so fresh in, th- in their mind that they're they're either going to go directly for you or they're going to search for something that's going to lead them to you and they're going to recognize you and just go for you right that's right. the way it works and so um just just to be a little bit specific about this example that we gave on Pandora like it was it was actually a, a well studied scenario in the sense that this was actually a, a workers compensation campaign uh mm-hmm. for an attorney who was seeking to generate workers compensation and so this was in Chicago and so uh, as part of the study we talked to construction workers to find out okay, they're all using their mo- their cell phones each in whichever part of the of the construction site where they're working they take out their phone and they're actually stream their their music and the most popular platform that these people were using was uh pandora oh interesting. other than youtube right? right and so those were the two platforms that they were used the most so we say okay let's give it a try but uh even then uh, the cost of getting our client in Pandora did not really pay off the results that we were generating out of that uh, campaign. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we should have uh, kept uh, for a longer period of time. I no. think uh, I think you know we were able to reallocate those uh, that ad spend into other networks. As just as I said, YouTube uh, actually uh, did generate some results, and uh, display the search network and Facebook are actually doing great. I was gonna say my. My husband's in construction. So to your point, he, he, my husband's been in construction for 30 years. So, I mean, as part to your point, that's what he does. Actually, he goes on YouTube and that's what he primarily uses. I have seen, he used to have Pandora, but it, it had too many ads. And so I actually have a YouTube subscription, premium subscription. So we don't really get ad rolls. And so he listens to YouTube on there and even when he's not logged into this premium subscription, he still prefers YouTube because he can find just about any music he wants and he's not like fed a station. So yeah, that's great. I see that YouTube definitely display network and uh, you know, YouTube guys, <laughs> it's the biggest thing. Google is the biggest thing. So stop forgetting about Google. <laughs> right. So that's uh, so that's radio. Radio. Uh, it's fair enough to say that it's not really being a winner here around us. We're not necessarily uh, hearing a lot of uh, great success stories lately about the impact that radio is having. However, if one of our listeners uh, would like to prove us wrong and they actually have a compelling story about how radio has helped them over the past few years to really capture their market, grow their business, and so. Then by all means, please share that story. Hopefully we can we can help others use the power of radio uh, for growing their business. But as of now, it doesn't seem like radio has a lot of power. Should we move on, Grace? Let's move on. Let's move on to billboards. Yay, billboards. <laughs> <laughs> so so what is our what, what's our first take on billboards, Grace? What 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 comes to mind? You briefly mentioned our billboards uh when you were talking about your client in Atlanta. Yeah, so billboards for me and and in my opinion and in my experience, billboards work um if they're done again strategically. So we keep talking about strategy, strategy, strategy. Why? Because your strategy is a big deal. It needs to fall in line with exactly what your goals are for the firm as a whole. Not just specifically look at billboards and say, okay, I'm going to throw my money at billboards. No. Again, back to that multi-channel, back to the strategy, back to the idea. So when you think about billboards, you got to think about your own commute. When you look up, do you notice billboards? Do you notice 
where they are. Do you notice multiple billboards? Do you notice, um, you know, um, how many there are about a particular subject or a product or whatever and the locations. So it, it can work, but it has to be multi-channel. And there are things that you really need to think about that Liel and I will really kind of get, go a little more in depth. So Grace, as you know, very well, I live in Texas. Yes. And I may or may not be right in saying that Texas is the capital of billboards. I think you're right. <laughs> I honestly got convinced by it because several times a month I'm driving from city to city, meeting with clients. And I really get a huge opportunity to look and analyze billboards. And, and so here's, here's my thing about billboards. The only billboards that I remember are billboards of people that I already knew before I actually saw their billboard. Such a good point. Okay. So if I already knew the brand, either because I've seen them on TV or I've seen them too many times on Facebook or another digital marketing platform, I'll see the billboard, I'll recognize them, and I'll be able to correlate you know, what the message is there that's being communicated to me. But when I see the billboard of a guy that I've never seen in my life before, he's showing me a picture of himself, then blast his telephone number in there and then potentially some sort of a tagline and then leaves his brand as the smallest element in the billboard itself. Mm. I drive through it wanting, because of course this is, I mean, I, he, you know, I'm, I want to, I'm paying attention to these things for other reasons, but I'm, I'm, my point is that I want to remember, I want to know who that person is, who that law firm is, Right. Maybe I can I can I can call them and sell them my services, right? But I can't remember who they are because nothing on that billboard tells me their name of their brand or anything that I can really remember. The photo, I'm not gonna remember. The telephone number, of course I'm not gonna remember. I don't <laughs> care if it's only one number, 10 digits of the same number, I'm not gonna remember it. There is no need. People need to understand that. You no longer have to learn telephones by heart. Nobody cares. Nobody pays attention nope. to it. Nobody's trying to even learn these telephone numbers by heart. And so for me, the only thing that's really, really important is the brand name. It's That's the one thing that even though I may not get it perfectly right, I'm going to be able to somewhat then go into Google and search something the that kind of sound similar, correct? The name yeah. or something. And then I'm going to be able to get back to this. But I won't be able to do that by just having some vague memory of how the picture of the person in the billboard looked like. And as I've said, I mean, nobody is remembering telephone numbers. So I think people who, a lot of people who are doing uh, billboards are, are doing them bad for several reasons. One, their brand is not big enough yet by the time that those billboards go out. And so therefore, like people are seeing them, but they're not remembering it and don't know who they are. And... And, and secondly, is that they're forgetting to put the most important part of it all, which is the brand. And if the brand is your name, then it's your name. But your name should be there super huge, huge right? <laughs> huge. I, I know people, you may have had the best idea that you want to send the message that you would, that you're the most expert and efficient attorney handling trucking cases and whatnot. But at the end of the day, 
the fact that you're telling me that on your billboard is not going to make me remember who you are because you're not giving me your name. You're not giving me other information that I can take away from me. You're just leaving that as an afterthought on a corner on the billboard that it's not visible to me. And so by the time that I finish or, or tried reading your uh, message there, that's it. I'm gone. Your billboard is now 500 feet behind me and I wasn't able to see your name. I wasn't able to take anything away with me. Am I being, so, am I being overly dramatic here about it? No, no, it no, just doesn't no, make sense. no. To your point, oh my goodness. I'm just thinking about Florida because, I mean, you know, we have tons of highway and a million billboards on I-95 from all the way down south, you know, Homestead, Keys, Key West, all the way up, you know, to the top of the panhandle in Florida, right? So, you know, talk about Texas being a billboard state. I know we've got a million billboards and I've seen a million lawyer billboards, right? And what I've noticed that most of them tend to do, again, if you have a brand, it's okay to do this. But even these guys that do this do what you're saying, meaning they put their brand big, right? So Anna Jar and Levine, they're really well known um, in Florida as a, as a, a you know, as really, you know, big attorneys, they've been around a long time. I hear them on the radio. I hear them. I see them on TV. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know if I've seen them on TV, but um, I know I've seen commercials of some sort, whether it's display network, uh, a digital or what, but they do omni-channel, right? And I noticed they have billboards and their billboards say Anna Jar and Levine. I know Anna Jar and Levine because they're attorneys and they're on the radio. They're everywhere. I've, I've heard them. I've heard their name. And so when I see that billboard, I remember it's Anna Jar and Levine and it's big and the names are huge. So they did it right. Now I'm going to talk about the other firm that didn't do it right. And I'm not going to mention their name, of course, but the other firm had everything, all this text talking about how wonderful they were and all the things they could provide you with. Now, where was the phone number or even a website landing page, for goodness sakes. And where was the name? It was on the right-hand side or on the, I don't even remember. That's how I'll, I didn't even pay attention, right? It was on the right, bottom, left. I don't even know. And it was so tiny and it didn't make sense. I'm like, yeah, that's great. You can provide me with all these services, but so can every other attorney that I've ever seen because there's a million of these out there. So what do you do? Who are you? And what is your name? Like, I don't even know who you are. So exactly to your point, has to be done right, has to be done multi-channel. Uh, one or two probably won't deliver results if it's not strategically done along with everything else that you might be doing. Uh, those are just some of the points that personally I've experienced and I've seen. And I think that, Liel, you're right. You I know, think, you're not being dramatic. I think I think right here is, I mean, to summarize the point that I, that, um, you know, I think both you and I could agree with is that Billboards make sense if you want to boost your brand, if you want to boost your strategy, and if you can do it right. Now, if you're trying to introduce a brand, if you're trying to introduce your law firm to a market, don't do it through a billboard. It's not. No, we talked about that in episode one. It's not going to work. Right? We said if you. No, you have a limited amount of money. You're not going to go throw it at TV, billboards. You're not going to do that. It's just cost too much and it doesn't make sense. You're trying to make, get brand awareness. This is at the consideration phase or further. Now, without being, you know, what's the average cost per thousand impressions across all different platforms, 
The second cheapest option, which of course the first one is social media, uh, is mm-hmm. billboards. But mm. yeah, 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 yeah. But here is here is the point, right? In social media, you have so much control over your audience segmentation, which is fantastic. And on your billboard strategy, um, particularly if you're just going to go for one billboard or two billboards, like even if you made a huge study as to who's driving past that billboard, what's the number of times that your billboard would get seen during different times of the day, even then... It's just not an effective way of introducing a brand. You're better off promoting and advertising yourselves through other platforms. If you're going to integrate a billboard strategy, go and do it uh, properly. Go and do it big. Go do it in a way that it's going to be uh, so substantial that, you know, going back to the example that you're giving about the law firm in Miami, people are going to be able to recognize your name and know exactly what uh, the billboard is all about. But when people need to figure out who is the brand in that billboard? What is it that I have to remember from that billboard? And specifically when you're trying to give them too much information for them to take, it's just not going to work. Hmm. Like a billboard, is a, it's, it's an element that gets a, a split second of attention, right? And so um, it's... it's uh, go big or go home. I guess, yeah. I guess, you know, there's no <laughs> many other ways to... To explain this and also like make your make your messaging on your billboard make sense. Like, you know, don't write three sentences. I can't read it as much as I want yeah. it. I can't read it. I don't have time no. to read it. I mean, if you want to tell me you're a trucking accident attorney, that's fine. Brand, you know? Yeah. Stop putting your, your yeah. face on everything, yeah. people. I'm sorry. Yes, I want to know who you are. I want to know who my attorney is. Yeah. That's okay. Put it on your website. Like I need that on yeah. your website because I'm going to go to your website and yeah. see who you are, research you, right? But putting your giant face, unless you have a brand where that's known, that's what you do with your name in huge letters next to it. Yeah. Don't do that. And you know what, Grace? I mean, to your point there, like it's it's okay. I think attorneys is one of those industries where, where you where it's fine. You want it to be personal. You wanna you wanna see the face of the attorney, you yes. wanna know who's gonna be representing you and so forth and so on. But um I guess my biggest point here is that let people remember your brand. People will go and Google it and they'll get your telephone number and they'll get your website and all of the information that they need from there like i know you want right. to i know you are a sophisticated marketeer and you want to be able to measure how many calls your particular billboard brought in so you allocated it a specific telephone number hoping that you're going to get calls from that specific telephone number but here's the thing unless the person actually stopped their car right there as they were driving mm-hmm. pulled down their phone and dialed and called you from there Chances are they're not gonna use that telephone number to call you. They're gonna they're gonna Good want point. to remember something about your brand that they can go and refer back to later to a digital platform, find you, and then convert from there. And so um, I think sometimes the whole billboard part and element and like measuring and stuff gets over over elaborated. And I you know that's a good point. 
Very good point. You're right. I mean, so even if you put that on there, it's uh, they're going to go online. And just let me, search your let name. me ask you something, so. right? Because I know, I know there's there has to be someone out there in the audience thinking, uh, yeah, but you know, you just take a, a picture of it and then you call afterwards. When was yeah. the last time, you- Grace, when was the last time that you were driving and you saw some sort of billboard and it doesn't matter the, what was it for, that you actually pulled out your phone and took a picture of it? Never. Okay. <laughs> I've so, never done that. So I- and But there's even worse. No, no, no. There's even worse to that because, so commuter laws, you're not supposed to have your cell phone in your hand. Yeah. So unless you have a, a passenger yeah. who's going to, you tell them, oh my God, take out the picture, take a picture of it, hurry up. You've already passed it. <laughs> so even then, impossible, not going to happen. So so yeah, no, it's very, very good. Thank you for <laughs> for, for keeping me uh, 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 in line with loss here. So to rephrase <laughs> that question, when was the last time that a passenger riding in your car <laughs> took out their phone Take a picture, take a picture for you, for you, <laughs> or for themselves, for that matter, right? right? right. Anyhow, not very frequently, right? And so, no. uh, let's uh, let's move on. I think we we we've, we've made up our mind. We've exhausted. So so yeah. so so our last point here, okay? Uh, it's gonna be just like print and and everything that comes with print, whether it's uh, direct mail, uh, this could be newspaper, and this could be also, uh, uh, I don't know, handing out flyers and some other uh, things. So very uh, uh, quickly, let's, let, let's, let's start with the, with, you know, with a printed material that gets promoted, for instance, magazines, newspapers, flyers. What do you think? What, what, how important are those? Is that kind of marketing? So I'm going to go to, uh, we'll start with newspapers and, and magazines and that type of print because that's the more expensive type um, that it, if it makes sense as part of your strategy and it actually has readers for a particular market, then I say, okay, you can possibly add that as part of your channel. But what I like to focus on, and you tell me if this is what the topic should be about, I like to focus on the stuff that you can actually do that won't cost you as much money. Whereas, you know, a full page ad in a nice glossy can be pretty cost prohibitive, right? Um, Cause they do it by quarter a lot of times and they charge you like anywhere from a uh, thousand to 6,000, depending on the size, the location of the, the, the ad in the newspaper or in the print magazine. So what I want to talk about is more uh, an easier actionable print that a law firm can do that is part of their channel. Is that okay? You think that would be okay to talk about? It is a hundred percent. And so I remember when we were first having a conversation and the planning on on this particular episode, right? That um, we actually said, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I would, have you recently heard of anyone who has had a success story from uh, advertising on a on a on a newspaper? And we we were like, yeah, I haven't heard a lot of those lately. And mm-hmm. so I actually very very recently, like last week, met with a, an immigration attorney in Houston, and he built he built over the past two years his practice from the ground on the newspaper ads. Like hmm. that was his only source of advertising and that actually worked for him very well. And so with that being said, I think newspaper advertising has become uh, somewhat 
accessible. It's not extremely hard to get your ad on the newspaper. Test it out. If, if you have something very uh, uh, niche in a market that is not that competitive, maybe it could work. Maybe it could fly. Now, an immigration attorney in Houston is by no means niche. It still got results. So I'm not saying that there is. it has to be niche. It has to be a small, uh, a small market uh, for it to work. No, like there's not necessarily a, a set rule here. My point is that you don't have to tie up thousands of dollars into testing out newspaper advertising. So if you have that little buck that is telling you, hey, but I could potentially try this. This could potentially work for me. Like I know that my uh, market does tend to read this newspaper or refer to mm-hmm. this newspaper for, then give it a try. They give it a try. And you know what? If it doesn't work, then then it did not work. It's, you know, it's experimenting all the time, experimenting. That's my take about newspaper uh, or not doing newspaper. If if you have good enough reasons to believe that it could work, give it a try. It doesn't work, cut it off. Yeah. So, like anything else, I, right? Right. To your point, if you read the newspaper in your market, you personally read the newspaper in your market as, an, as the partner of your firm, well, your people probably do too, right? Your clients probably do too. So again, think about your own use case about how you look for people, for things, products, services, whatever, particularly services, right? So if how do you look for an accountant? How do you look for, you know, uh, an attorney? How do you look for different things that you might be searching for? And if it makes sense to put it in print, in newspapers as an ad, then do it because it makes sense, right? Um, but you're looking at it as a whole. So when I was talking about print, I like to discuss uh, traditional print in terms of keeping top of mind and also nurturing your current clients or prospects that you already have in your database, right? So let's say that there's people, you know, there's a lot of firms that have been around for a while, let's say, and they have addresses for a lot of different people. Print is very expensive, okay? Um, you know, Liel and I were talking about this and he was telling me that, you know, it, it can get very cost prohibitive, but there are ways around that. And there are ways to target a specific zip code with direct mail, postcards. There's ways to target specific areas or only a segmented list from your current database. Um, And we actually use a company called uh, Newsletter Pro, um, and they um, do it all for you, right? So with your approval, of course, they write out different little um, blog posts type of thing that you can then put on your blogs, but it also comes out in print. You give them the list and they actually mail it out on your behalf. And one thing I think that might be important to mention, it's not specifically about print per se, but it has to do with the way you write or what is written. I just learned something yesterday that I was told most lawyers need to write about 10% more colloquially than they think they do. So what Newsletter Pro does is they add a recipe or they add a community event or they add something that has to do with your area that is more personalized about you or your firm or about something that you might have done, a charitable event. So I know that's a side note and I should probably not discuss that, but just again, if you're doing print, when you're doing print, newsletters work really nicely because they want to know about your community. They want to know about you and you, you as your, a firm and even as an individual. 
your family and things like that. So print does work when you can target it, when you can do it in as part of your overall strategy. Grace, you know what? I'm, I have been targeted by law firms with some very, 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 very relevant uh, letters, right? And we're not talking here about newsletters because I was already an existing client of one or not. To be more specific, I unfortunately, I was involved in a car accident uh, earlier this year, right? And so uh, nothing, I mean, I, yeah, no, I was perfectly fine. And, and thankfully, uh, after a quick visit to the emergency room, I was set on my way and all good. And nevertheless, you know, uh, the emergency room filed a lien and so forth and so on. And so... There are databases that law firms can have access to and find out about all of these links that are getting filed and then send letters directly the people who were who are related to the hospital visit or whatnot. And so I receive very, very high quality letters from law firms across the state. I actually took time to open them up and read them up and I did not uh, call them for representation, but they had my full attention for uh, a moment. So obviously this was for a, for, for, a, for a personal injury kind of case, but you can do the same thing for traffic tickets. You can do this uh, for, for crime, for, uh, if you're a criminal lawyer, like you can uh, get to the database that, that with the kind of information and with the kind of targets that actually are of relevance to you and target those specifically and send them uh, very, very high quality material that is personalized and very relevant to their current situation, and you can actually uh, have a fantastic uh, return on investment on this. The one thing that I'm I'm really interested in, going back to this live marketing chart that I'm looking at. So uh, again, what is the cost per thousand views or impressions uh, on different platforms? So as I've told you, the cheapest one was social media with two point five dollars per thousand views, and I would argue that that number is probably overly generous. Like I, I'm not too sure if. Uh, you still get a thousand views for that le- for that say, little money. With all the updates. But uh, <laughs> hey, but these are not actual uh, interactions. These are just views. Um, True. Now billboards five dollars, radio ten dollars, newspapers sixteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Same with magazines sixteen dollars. Broadcast TV now it bumps up to twenty eight dollars. Direct mail fifty seven dollars, and so. Right. It's considerably more expensive, but it's so highly targeted that uh, you're more likely to 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 convert and convert. see and see a return on investment. I do think that there is a lot of opportunity uh, with uh, direct mail strategies. I think for those who are doing newspaper and other kinds of print, yeah, I mean, if you have another success story that you'd like to share, please bring it forward because. This is this is what we love. This is what we're passionate about. We like to hear and learn from others who had great success stories because there's always something you can learn and implement. Grace, so we've actually covered a lot, a lot. And so what are the takeaways for our listeners? So whether you are a brand new law firm who's just started, what is the takeaway from this one episode? The biggest takeaway, in my opinion, about this entire episode on traditional media channels you know, having covered TV, billboard, radio, print, is that you still need to be multi-channel, omni-channel, including in the traditional media channels, okay? And the reason I'm saying this is because just yesterday I read on marketingprofs.com about our demographic, right, being our age, believing that an item that's in print 
is something that they can actually believe because somebody spent the money and the time to write it and put it in print. So I know that it's very odd and, and kind of general, but the takeaway from this and the traditional media channels is make sure you have, you strategize that you make this a part of it and in the way that makes sense, that you have a measurable return on your investment. So if you can't get a measurable return on your investment, perhaps it doesn't make sense and put a little bit of money in it, you know, not tons and test, 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 test to see what does work. So Grace, if I understand correctly, if I'm a big law firm and I have the money uh, and I'm already a multi-channel advertiser, so continue doing so, but make sure that I'm uh, results driven and that I'm measuring a return on investment. And not just that, but in this new year, I'm actually taking the steps to audit all of the strategies that I have in place. So if I'm already showing TV ads, well, how good of a deal am I getting? How well my ads are being scheduled during the break spots? Am I getting, am, am I, am I being seen when I want to be seen? If I already have a radio, um, a radio contract in place and I'm airing ads on, on the radio, do I want to test whether I'm getting calls, more calls or not during the times that my radio spot is being played? Do I want to test out what happens if I take my ads offline for a month, if it has any sort of, any sort of impact? Uh, would those be the kind of things that we should be doing to, to measure whether um, traditional marketing is working for us? Yeah, that's exactly right. You're, you, it's a continual improvement process, right? It, it doesn't matter whether it's digital or traditional. You should always have split A-B tests, right? Where you're trying to make sure your message is coming across. But that's also at the very overarching marketing level. Audit, audit, audit. Once a year, every three months, every six months, you know, give it time, obviously, in some cases, right? Three, six, nine, 12 is usually the, the markers, right, Leo? Yeah. Three, six, nine, 12, right? Three months, six months, nine months, and 12 months. Those are your baseline metrics. Use those and audit your entire strategy. Make sure that it makes sense, that you're getting your re measurable return on investment, that it, it's giving you what you expected, and lean on your vendors. Make sure that they're giving you what you're expecting, That they're and, and have somebody audit it, meaning actually put their peepers on that commercial. Did it actually air when it said it was supposed to air? Because that's something that I actually pay attention to. I'm like, I just spent $30,000 on a commercial. Did it air when it was supposed to? Yeah, you're telling me, of course, metrics and numbers, Nielsen ratings, they don't lie, right? But did it. So go look, go pay attention, go make sure and audit, audit, audit for a measurable return on investment. What happens when you are not at that level yet? When you don't have the money to get into TV now, you're not even entertaining the idea of doing radio or any of those things because you've just heard such bad things <laughs> about it. So, but what are the things that you could actually consider doing? Would you say to our listeners that, hey, there's a huge opportunity in print? Like yes. maybe, maybe you wanna, maybe you wanna make sure that as part of your strategy, you're 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 having a system in place where you're actually sending either newsletter to existing contacts or you're uh, 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 reaching out to to highly relevant individuals as you said newsletter pros and there's a ton of other companies there that are offering services you can find maybe Many. one that is relevant to the kind of uh, practice uh, area that you're interested in 
uh, and and partner up with them so you can so you can uh, set up a program in place. Would that would you say that could be a, a good recommendation? It's a very good recommendation. So if you're a smaller firm, and let's say you know in episode one we did say you know go digital, you know, but now we're talking about traditional media channels, and it costs less to have a current client become a client again, right? Recurring revenue as opposed to all the stuff that it takes to get a new prospect to become a client. So print is a great way of maintaining top of mind, nurture marketing, and highly targeted. So yes, print is one of those things that you can entertain. You can send to your list. You can use a system like Newsletter Pro. There's many, many vendors out there that will allow you to do that. So yes. Excellent. So print works whether you're an established law firm with a decent database in place so that you can continue and nurture relationships, but it also works when you're brand new in the field and you want to uh, approach individuals with a specific offer that is highly relevant to what they need. The one takeaway that sums this up is try to be multi-channel. Try to be in as many platforms that are that are relevant to your market, to your audience, understand which ones are those. Take the time to analyze things just like your uh, attorney client in Atlanta did, uh, which is okay. If I'm going to be targeting truck drivers, I need to understand where is their attention? What is it that they're doing? So customer journey. Grace, it's been lovely talking to you again, and I'm looking forward to our next episode. Awesome. Me too, Leo. Thank you so much for your time. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at We'll see you next week.